Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the story screen podcast where we see new movies and then have hot, spicy impressions that we bring to the microphone that then travels to your ears, you, the listener, the ones who are listening to this right now. My name is Robbie Anderson, the hostess with the mostest, joined by my good friend, Jack Kolodzewski. The other hostess with the other mostest. Hostess, typically. I'm not trying to gender you or anything, but all right, all typically, right. do we just be host? I don't think it matters. I mean, I think it could be both. It could be fluid. It's yeah. fine. I mean, if we have a lady firefighter, she can be a fireman, right? Uh, or or like or like the term I don't actress the does not, does not, not matter I'm anymore. I'm not here to make the rules. Well. I didn't want to derail this this early. Everyone can be called whatever the fuck they want. I'm okay, cool with it. Okay, cool. Uh, we just saw a new movie. We saw uh, a sequel to a beloved movie that's a little strange that it even exists, and we're here to kind of talk about that. We saw... Doctor Strange. Do- no, close. Shit. A different doctor. Okay. Also spooky. Maybe even a little action-packed. We'll get into it. Okay. But we saw Doctor Sleep. That's it. That's the, the one. The sequel to The Shining that is also based off the book of the same name. Um, it's directed by Mike Flanagan, who you may remember as the director and writer of Haunting of Hill House, of Hush, of Oculus, of... Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this isn't his first foray into the Stephen King-verse. Screenwriter, you want to specify, not writer. He didn't... These are, most of these are adaptations. Gerald's sure. Game adaptation. Yeah. Hill House adaptation. That is very true. Doctor Sleep adaptation. Oculus, I'm not too sure about. I've also never seen sure. Oculus, actually. I hear Oculus is cool. I've heard it's good as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're here to kind of talk about that. Uh, certainly a loaded movie coming into it straight off the bat, uh, kind of carrying the weight of not only the Kubrick film that it's a sequel of, but mm-hmm. also, you know, both books as well. So the, the film is going to be juggling a lot, and we're going to kind of break it down. But Jack, what's your hot take on the film? You know, Robbie, ever since I saw The Shining back in 1980, I've, I've been you? thinking, <laughs> I've been thinking, when are we getting the squeakquel? And finally, the day has come. I know, you're an old man now. Uh-huh, yeah. An- ancient, uh, really. <laughs> and, uh, no, I, I listen... Oh, geez. I didn't love it. Mm. I think it is – and I have not read either of the books sure. that, that The Shining nor um, Dr. Sleep is based on. But I did watch uh, The Shining last night, in fact. Um, I did doze off a little bit towards the end. I was going to say, I'm like, okay, I, okay, I, know, okay. I, I know you might have fallen I've, asleep I've seen, the Shining. I've seen The Shining before, so it's not okay. like I'm, I'm like missing anything. I just wanted to refresh my mind – you know, yeah. reacclimate myself because it has been a while since I've seen The Shining. Yeah, well, the Shining takes um, place in the landscape of the mind, which is where dreams also take place. So you're absorbing sure, it subconsciously. It's Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that, yeah. That's what I was going for. Yeah, Doctor Sleep. <laughs> I was watching The Shining, trying to let it like soak in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you know, The Shining is a special movie. It is very highly regarded. It is yeah. a longtime classic. Um, it did a lot for the horror genre. Um, and Dr. Sleep is very much reliant on The Shining. The film The Shining. The film The Shining. I think to its detriment. You know, especially with Dr. Sleep being another another novel by sure. Stephen King that is being readapted. It is... Again, not having read the book, so I can't say for sure. It is this movie is very much leaning on Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, mm-hmm. rather than maybe take the approach of just adapt it more so straight from the book. And I think adapting it that directly from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining invites a lot of um, direct comparisons that I don't think does this movie any favor because I personally really like Mike Flanagan. I like a lot of his work. Yeah. He's not Stanley Kubrick. And I think trying to do some of the stuff he's doing with this movie, again, invites some parallels, some comparisons right off the bat that do not work out favorably favorably for this movie. Um, so overall, I think it's, again, it's trying to do a lot, and I, I don't think it lands on the majority of that stuff. Okay. Well, you know, this is going to be, you know, potentially spicy episode because I don't entirely disagree with everything that you're saying, but for the most part, I, I like the movie a lot. And there's some points that I think I might, I might, you know, lean the other way. I would say, uh, my hot take is that I really like about like, uh, 85% to 90% of the film. I really think that the opening is very engaging. I really like the way, I really like the first like 
45 minutes of the film probably the most. It's okay, like it's and beginning. we're completely opposite on that. <laughs> uh, I don't think that uh, – I think that Mike Flanagan does a really good job of kind of like steering the ship in a different direction. I think he makes a lot of bold choices. I don't think he's too overly – Reliant on The Shining until maybe we get towards the end, which I don't want to spoil Whoa, here. dude, we are going to have an episode because I disagree with you fully. Well, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I actually, I really, you know, was very engaged in the film. I really liked it. I really like the way it looks. Um, it reminds me of Haunting of Hill House in a lot of ways uh, aesthetically, and I think that really works for it. And yeah, I actually, I really dug the film. I really dug where it was going. And, you know, I... Saw The Shining very recently, me and uh, Burge, uh, Mike Burge, uh, program, uh, he's the founder of Story Screen, he's one of the owners of the theater. Oh, Mike Burge. Mike Burge. Yeah, uh, Mike, him and yeah. I taught a class uh, on cinematography um, about The Shining, uh, talking about kind of like the invention of the Steadicam and what that does with film and kind of what the uh, technical prowess of the film does for it uh, emotionally and narratively. So I know The Shining pretty well at this point. Um, and I saw this movie and was ready to kind of take it as it was. And yeah, I actually, I, I did really enjoy it, but I do think the, the last act of the movie is really where the spinning of plates or the juggling kind of start to maybe fall a little out of whack, especially for me. Um, even though there's a lot of like things aesthetically I was kind of into at the end of the day, but overall, I, I think I enjoyed the film. Um, I just I feel like it's juggling a lot because I think having to juggle this uh, adaptation of a Stephen King movie, the sequel to one of the best movies of all time, that is also kind of holds a contentious place in Stephen King's uh, heart. <laughs> you know, I think that Mike Flanagan's kind of juggling a lot, and I think he kind of does the best with what he's got. Sure. Yeah. I. Yeah. I don't. It's it's a it's a tall order to to follow film. up that movie mm -hmm. and um without getting into spoilers or talking about specifics i think some of those choices especially in the first act were very misguided and i think some of the choices in the third act were for similar reasons kind of misguided although I i'm like the opposite of you i think yeah. the movie gets better as it goes along okay um especially after the first act I know we're dancing around a little bit. We'll talk about it in spoilers. But yeah, I mean, it's hard when we disagree on things to yeah. like not talk about no, 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 specifics. It's, it's fine, but I, I just... Um, I don't want to say it's like a, a know your, your, your place kind of thing, because that's too harsh, but I... It is very... It's, it's very fan service -y in a lot of ways that I found more corny than anything else. Mm -hmm. Less like... You know, like, like, re you know, reverent of that movie, or, or you know, paying homage to a lot of that stuff. It's it's copying a lot of that stuff almost directly in a way that I don't. Again, I I think is like glaringly um, distracting mm -hmm. in a way. In a way that I'm thinking like this is just not. It's just not nailing the same sort of like Kubrick with with The Shining. He he nails this dramatic tension that just builds and builds and builds over the course of the movie this movie is has so much going on to it also like another comparison that you can make to the shining is like the shining is a pretty like the the scope of it is pretty dialed in to just the um torrance am i saying that right the the torrance family torrance family yeah yeah, yeah. um like it's pretty much them i guess spoilers for the shining <laughs> But, uh, the, the Shining can yeah, be spoiled. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the trailer much, for Doctor Sleep spoils The Shining. Yeah, more or less. Um, it's pretty much them in the hotel the whole time. And right. this movie is going a lot of different places. It's bringing in a lot of different people. It's jumping around a lot. Another thing I would say about this movie critically is I, I think it's way, way, way too long. Again. I agree I that's too – I think it's, it's too it's long. It's trying well. to do – I think yeah. – honestly, I think – Flanagan would have had a better time making this into a series like he did with Hill House. I think if if you yeah. had have been able because because it's jumping around so much and it's trying to cram so much in, mm -hmm. you never get the opportunity to build any of that tension yeah. that again is so 
key to what makes The Shining work. Because you're rushing through every single scene. And it's one of those movies where every scene – there's so many scenes and it's jumping around so much that the pacing feels extremely like rapid the whole time. But it makes the movie feel – like it drags on and on and on for me. Yeah. I mean, it, Stephen King's works are known to be very long and extensive. So it's kind of hard to put any of them into like a movie runtime, I think. I think The Shining does a good job because I think Kubrick kind of like trims away a lot of the fat in in what the book is. Yes. Um, and I definitely – there are some elements of the film that I actually – you know, some characters and – in dynamics, I would not have minded seeing explored more into like a television format for sure. Um, for me, though, like, you know, I, the vibe I got when I was watching it is that it felt like I just I don't I personally do not think that the film was really chasing the coattails of The Shining or trying to be too much like The Shining. Um, there are definitely parts where it does. But I think for the most for most of the runtime, like it to me, it felt like another it felt like more of an extension of the shining it felt like more of like another episode in that i mean that in like the loose term in the king universe you know i think it felt because we're following you know not jack we're following danny removed from this trauma um i thought that you know i kind of liked the vibe of the story and i like the way he's dealing with what happened to him from the events of the shining and i like how he kind of is dealing with this kind of supernatural thing that he has um, and that he can kind of like deal with other people. And I, and I also like kind of what like the actual plot of Dr. Sleep is, which uh, I guess we won't, we don't have to spoil here. There's probably things you can glean from the trailer if you've seen that, but if you haven't, you know, there's the whole movie is not beholden to like what's just happening in the shining. There's, there's a whole other kind of plot at play with other characters operating and doing other things. There are different antagonists than just the, the ghosts in the spooky hotel. I think something that it really focuses on, and I think this is also again to the detriment. And again, I think this might've worked better in a longer format. Mm -hmm. It focuses really, really heavily on, you know, you, you talked about the the shine, like like Danny's kind of abilities that yeah. are present in The Shining. It really expands on that a lot, and it spends it's it feels like a, a movie that is just like a long lore dump. Like there's just a lot of lore and a lot of exposition in regards to what's going on with like the kind of magical part of what's going on in yeah. The Shining. And I think because they spend so much time focusing on that kind of stuff. I think it's really interesting the idea of like Danny growing up, yeah, having dealt with what he dealt with as a kid and you know the idea of addiction that his father f- faced yeah. and the idea of you know him living in the shadow of that addiction in effect going down the same path as his father in a lot of ways and dealing with that mm-hmm. is really interesting. But I think because the movie focuses so hard on the lore parts and the magical parts – it doesn't spend enough time like letting those characters have moments where they can breathe and let the, the drama around some of that stuff breathe and like let that actual like character development, character work kind of have its time. And instead it's like magic fights, which some of the magic fights I like. They're cool. I like a lot of the magic fights. The magic fights are kind of cool. Yeah. But like it, it, it's, you know, it's a little more Harry Potter kind of with that stuff than it is like the actual like yeah, human the, the drama. Mo- the movie's like secretly like a really good like Jedi <laughs> movie. Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like that's that's fine. But in that yeah. way, it feels more like a comic booky sort of thing or a yeah. superhero kind of thing. But I, I, I like that. See, that's what I that's what I kind of consider uh, a bold choice, you know, and I it's think we're choice. well, we're on. That's what I was going to say. We're on different sides of the fence on that choice. Yeah. Right. And I yeah. think if the a choices lot of will is, be. I think so too, man. But like, I, I think it's a bold choice to make it a little bit more comic booky because you know we're dealing in the world of this movie. We're dealing a lot more with the idea of what The Shining is, and The Shining now has a lot more visual flair to it than I ever had before. And mm-hmm. I think that exploring that is really interesting. And when you get into some of these. Um, uh, 
battles, so to speak, or interactions on this kind of like different plane of the mind. Like, I really like the way a lot of that stuff looks. And I'm I, with you. I think that stuff is cool. Yeah, but um, but I think it comes at the expense of actually dealing with the the human characters. Which I also want to say, like, one of the new characters that they introduce in this movie is um. Her name is Abra, the character, but yeah. she's played by Kylie Coran. Mm-hmm. She's phenomenal. She's really good. She's excellent. Yeah. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, maybe I have less kind things to say about her. I like her, her in, in that movie, man. I like her in this movie a Dude, lot. Dude, I don't know. Well, maybe we'll talk about it more. In, well, I'll definitely talk about it more in spoilers. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll save it for the spoilers. But I think um, she's very uh, imposing, and I like her I her disagree style. with you 100%. Well. Yeah, we're this will, this is gonna be a fun episode. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's like kind of as deep as we can really get into it without spoiling the film, especially when we're so diametrically opposed. We're already uh, getting close to like talking about yeah story beats. So I think I think let's 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 dive in. Uh, do you recommend seeing this movie in theaters? Uh, yeah, no, I think it's a cool, like, it's a, it's a cool theater experience. It sounds really good and it looks, yeah. looks pretty good in a I lot like of the, ways. I like the music. I yeah. like that. I like the, uh, how the music really harkens back to The Shining for sure. Can I say one thing that's maybe spoiler-y-ish a little tiny bit? Know. Can you? It's, all right, <laughs> we're getting close to spoiler zone anyway. So like the further we get in here, dear listener, no, the fucking heartbeat thing, man, too much. Too much. It works for me. I don't Too know. much. It was going almost the whole movie, and it was not going, I don't think, at any specific, like, or times that really, like, added to the story or meshed. And I, it was definitely something that happened in the original Shining mm-hmm. to build that dramatic tension. But it, sometimes it was almost, like, comical to me. It's like, you're just playing the heartbeat sound right now. Like, and it's too much. It's distracting. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's not something I, I noticed to to the detriment uh, for myself. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah, I recommend seeing it in theaters. I definitely recommend seeing it at the uh, Story Screen Beacon Theater. Hey, if you're going to see it in the theater, you couldn't you, you couldn't do much yeah. better than this one. We definitely had that. some people in our audience that uh, thought it was a comedy. I uh, not dude. There are some parts, like the movie has... Uh, Comedic brevity at times, mildly by design. comedic moments. Yeah, at most like a like a huh. Okay, that was like a mildly comedic moment. You can laugh just, at that's like an appropriate thing to laugh at. At least I don't know if I would laugh out loud, but I was like, okay, it's, yeah, we there's, some, there's dude, some like, humor cackling in the film. I was there like, some guy in the back just like ho ho ho. Yeah, I was just like, I don't really get what's going on. Hey but, man, that guy had a better time watching this movie than me. So that. <laughs> all the power in the world to that dude. Yeah, there you go. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about spoilers for Dr. Sleep. Um, so, yeah, hang tight and hope to keep you here to listen. That's a weird transition. See you soon. Sleep, Dr. Sleep, the spooky doctor. Um, are you recording me right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'll call all this out. Yeah, I know. I don't know. What movie do I want to talk about? Seven? Not. I don't want to talk about any movies. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what movies do I like? Yeah, that's what the whole thing is. Seven? Hello, and welcome to another episode of It's Fits, where Story Screen's own film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today... Fitz will discuss the 1995 David Fincher film, Seven. I have nothing to say about it. It's just like, I do it at Quinn's all the time. It's like, what's in the box? Like, you know, what's in the box? John Doe. Wait, no, wait. California? I'm not talking into this microphone. (laughs) (laughs) California, stay away from me. Like, I, you you got to name the movies. I can't. Okay, you got it. I can do that. <clears throat> Let's do... Uh... California. <laughs> Let's do... Uh... You know what I'm talking... I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Nah, me and my friend Hunter would always just be like, California, stay away from here. John Doe's got the upper hand. John Doe has the upper hand. <laughs> Kevin Spacey. Like, what happened to him? <laughs> Dude, that dude's... He's not even... <laughs> American Beauty was good. Like, 
why do be like I think all of that's like part of being rich and famous. It's like you gotta be uh take advantage like you take, 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 no? No, I was like reading an article about grooming. Like a lot of these they just This has been another episode of It's Fits. And we're back with spoilies for Dr. Sleep. We're going to talk about who fucking dies. Um, everyone's already dead in the spooky world of the, of the spooky shiny. Oh, the twist. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's the M. Night Shyamalan Stephen King crossover you've always wanted. It's a twist. Um, so, yeah. Spoilies. Uh, I think some of the biggest spoilies of the film is... Some of the returning uh, characters from The Shining. Okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that first act, man. I'm really into the first act. I think the first act is cool. I like the choices to recast them and not try and do some weird CGI stuff. Okay, I'm with you that I like the choices that they recast them rather than CGI them. that they chose. But dude, again, it's like one of the most classic movies. Like, it's a very classic movie. You can't just... Uh, I think you can. I think you can. I don't I think, think that, you should. I think you can. I don't think you should. I think it's okay. I think if you're going to do a sequel to The Shining and you're going to be exploring these elements of the character, and in this, this the movie that we have, not in the movie that we could theorize being made, and this the movie that we have, I think that this is the best way to do it. I think it worked. It worked for me, man. Okay. Like I was into it. Let me ask you this. Okay. What do you think showing... The scene, like the shot for shot reshot of him biking down the hallway all the way through, like him being with his mom. What do you think that added to? Well, the we see the scene that, like, that kind of traumatizes him that is not in The Shining. Like, that scene is like, it happens like off screen when he goes into room 237. Okay. And I think it works. I think it's cool. I think it's just like cool. Like, I don't know. Like, what does it do for the overall plot of the film? It reminds people who haven't seen The Shining recently. Uh, okay. But that, like, that happens. But like, this is a sequel that is just showing you scenes from the, the first movie. Again, reshot. A classic, like, highly regarded all timer of a movie. It's just showing you scenes from that movie. Would you again? rather they just like rip the scenes from the actual film and put them in there? No, I would rather they just treat me like I've seen the original, which I have. I think it's and cool. I would assume I, most people who have know, seen man. the original have seen. I think it's setting. This, I think it's the setting the stage for what's happening. I mean, you're gonna start with just you know, you McGregor being fucking drunk as shit yes. and being a grown up. Yes. I disagree. I don't think think that sets the stage properly. I think you have to have some element of the original film in this. And I also think that having that scene where they're at the hotel and then transitioning to young Danny talking to Holleran and them talking about The Shining and and what the boxes are and how those things operate is necessary for the plot. That stuff I think is necessary. But I think you can start with adult Danny, not... Not rehash all the stuff that's in the first, like... But then we're jumping around so much instead of just, like, moving mostly linearly in the story, which I think is the best course of action for what the story actually is. Why? Why? Because you, you complained earlier about how the movie was jumping around so much. I I complain because there's, like, multiple plot threads going on that I don't think... Like, I this movie, for one, this movie's too long. It's definitely too long. It's too long. Yeah. We can agree on that much. We can agree on that. But I think, I just don't think, I think starting off with, again, a reshot of film, like scenes from The Shining with actors that kind of look like the original actors. I but think they look don't, great. I don't know. I think just, they totally it just, work. It just invites the immediate comparison to that movie. Yeah, but that like. does not do this movie any favors because you're starting off putting me in the mindset of like, this looks kind of like The Shining, but it's not. And it's not on this. It's like already trying, like making the direct comparison to a movie that I think is much better made. I guess. I mean, it's I, that's the way. I mean, that's kind of like the fundamental difference I think we have in the movie. Where again, I, I think the movie is an extension of The Shining. I think it's trying to do something different. I think it's trying to be very much the sequel to, not trying to be the better version of. And I think by showing these scenes, like I, I can, it, it definitely does invite the comparison. What you just said directly contradicted itself because you're saying it's it's trying to be the sequel to instead of a 
continuation or a continuation of like it's putting the scenes from the first movie in the second movie. Yeah, but it's it's redoing it. I like I don't know. It's like what it's it's creating. I think it works for the first act. I don't I don't know. It works for me, man. And that's fine. But I guess, I, but you're very you're very hard challenging me on these things because you disagree well, with how I feel about it. It's pretty rare that we disagree on. I movie, know, but so you know, we have like, to do this. I don't know if we have to be at each other's fucking throats. About I'm not it. at your throat. I'm I just disagree. To, I'm trying to have a a, de- a debate on this movie with you. Okay. Well, for me, those things work, and they work because they set the stage for me for what happens later in the film. I think the first act operates very well with the inciting incident because if you're going to have the scene with young um, Danny and Holleran on the bench, they have to have the scene where they show one of the traumatizing incidents in The Shining. When that thing happens in the bathroom, Danny checks out. He be, he like is, he's in begging for Tony, you know, red rum land mm-hmm. for the rest of the film. And he kind of comes to what it seems like in the continuity of what the old Shining is in this moment when they're living in Florida. I think that all really works for me. And then it kind of sets the stage for when we catch up to Danny where he's, you know, he's an alcoholic, something he inherited from his father, much Mm -hmm. like the other demons, um, and following him along in that track and having him kind of like get some work. He's kind of doing similar work to what his dad did. He's doing like this groundskeeping thing in this hospital, Mm -hmm. like... And then he kind of finds a place there where he can use his ability to kind of comfort people. He's using this thing that's kind of terrifying to help. All that really works for me. If anything, I would like to see him doing more Dr. Sleep things. Yeah, that's very – there's not much of that in this movie. No, I mean there's like a few like good moments where he's talking to old people. But I just – I'm with you that like those elements there – Are overall important, like, you know, the part where he learns his kind of like mind box sort of thing to trap these sort of ghosts. Yeah. You know, the part that he is traumatized. But like, I think you can slip that stuff in there without it being so directly just rehashing a lot of the original. I mean, it's it's certainly I, a I, bold choice. I think it's I think it's clumsy. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's done in a way, again, that's that invites like those direct comparisons that just feels like rehashing in a way that is just like a kind of like mimicry of the original that just doesn't feel especially like I just watched this movie last night so like maybe for me just just having seen the original it's like mm-hmm. I don't need to see these scenes again because I know who this character is and I think you can like you can slip that stuff in there to get that stuff back but I think just redoing it again does not do any favors for the movie I suppose I mean I just you know Again, like it, we're going to be on different sides of it. I don't think either of us are going to. That's fine. I'm just trying to like work no. out like how we thought it worked or did not. Work. I think it's it's certainly a bold choice, and you're going to be on either end of it. But I could I understand that like you know if you if if it, it's such a bold choice that if if it doesn't work for you, it's going to put a sour taste in your mouth for the rest of the and movie. And it did. Yeah, it very much did. That's that's fair. Um, and that's going to kind of if the inciting incident of the film pushes you away from it, it's kind of hard to reorient and be back into it for right. sure and that said I, I like i said i think the movie does get better as it goes along but it is so beholden trying to like recapture that stanley kubrick movie again which i think is like a really fucking hard thing to do and something that maybe you're you're just you're just like opening up a pandora's box of like inviting troubling See, comparisons for for me like all that stuff t- feels like in the beginning it feels like tasteful homages to me it's not until we get to the end and this is where like when i said in the beginning of the podcast where the 85 to 90 percent of the movie i really dug but like the there's 10 15 percent i didn't when they get to the overlook hotel at the end of the movie there's a lot of like visuals that are there that there's a lot of like cinematic language there that i'm kind of into narrative it fucking falls apart um, I think who they cast to be Jack Torrance does not work for me. Oh my God. I'm so, but it pushes in, me out like so hard the whole time that they were in that part of the movie. I was like, please don't do a CGI Jack Nicholson. Please don't do a CGI Jack. I mean, I think y- that's, that's a they, very much a damned if you do damned if you don't. And well, they set the precedent to, to do it because they did it earlier in the film to have this recast option. I think I was thinking about that scene and I was thinking it's definitely not the worst version of that scene 
So I think that scene is probably like, you know, again, obviously is paralleling what happens in The Shining when Jack Torrance is talking to the bartender. He's tempted by by the drink. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and, it, I, and I think that stuff is like the better stuff that's in this movie. You know, the idea of of Danny really if if The Shining is a movie about addiction and how addiction can destroy the people around you. Yeah. And this movie, which this is not me just coming out with like my interpretation of this. This is what I've heard like Stephen King talk about the book, Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep is dealing with sobriety and like, yeah. like learning to live in your sobriety and like existing in a like post addiction sobriety. Right. Right. Which is what a lot of this movie is about. Like that stuff I think is interesting. And I think that scene is really necessary to kind of like put kind of close that loop sort of of Danny talking to his father and addressing like that past and yeah. that past of addiction and like how he has beaten that past. I think recasting it as a guy that kind of looks like Jack Nicholson, like kind of has the hair thing going on. If he had, like, I mean, the hair thing's great. If he had the voice, it would have done it. The voice is where is not where it's this, at. This is where I think they should have done. I think instead of a look-alike, they should have done a sound-alike, and they should have never panned Shown the, the camera to show the face. Yeah, because they really hold back so hard where he's just pouring the drink and stuff. And I think if they had a, held that line and had yeah. a voice that sounded closer to Jack Nicholson, because you know there's got to be people out there that can do a damn good Jack Nicholson like voice impression. That's why I was kind of I think they they went for more of the look alike than the sound alike. Yeah, but, I think um, that was a I think that was a mistake. Yeah. I think they were close. They're close. They and they have a, they have a scene where they have that actor be the running it's like a quick like clip in of him like running through the hallway and that doesn't work for me. That either. shit is corny, man. A lot of this movie I felt was very corny. Well, but um the things I do like about the Overlook Hotel scene um, is like I like when Danny walks in, all the lights are kind of lighting up for him because they describe him earlier in the film that he's a fucking battery when he's yeah, in that place. Sure. He's shined so bright that he kind like everything kind of plugs into him. So I kind of like that he's like, you know, this returning power source to the hotel. The hotel can only really live when he's like in there. And and that visually works very well for me in that part of the film. But the way the film kind of culminates in in this weird fight and they have the staircase scene again, like I don't really like that. I, I I don't understand when you can just shoot all of these cult, which we should spend more time talking about the cult people. Uh huh. Um, but why you can just shoot these cult people and kill them, which is like that's fine. That's how people it, it die. Works, that's cool. It works really well for them. Yeah. In fact, they, they, they work great. Why, I don't man. understand why they're just like we got to trap them in the hotel. I'm like, sure we got to trap them yeah. in the hotel. <laughs> like, why also, you, like, use, I'm like, why? We're gonna use this axe. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna use. It's just like. I mean, guns worked, like, super well before. Yeah, but, Robbie, he used an axe in the original movie, That's it's, And that's, for me, is, like, you know, I think... And then to, to now backtrack, well, when with, the film's doing, like, Dr. Sleep stuff and focusing more on, like, Ewan McGregor and, um, and Abra's character, mm -hmm. or Abra, the character, yes. um, and them dealing with the cult and kind of trying to solve this mystery or be on the run or kind of trap them. Like, all that really works away from me. I really like the cult. That I think stuff, the cult stuff is cool. The cult, again, I uh, going back to uh, Rose, yeah. the hat, the, the villain just didn't work for me. The, something yeah. about the hat and the whole vibe. Like the, the kind She's of from like, a different age. The kind of gypsy vapist. I I don't think <laughs> that really worked out That's funny. I like for that. me. Um, yeah. I, like I think it's like they also spend they spend a lot of time. I know we're we're arguing a little bit on this movie, but do you agree with me that they spend a lot of time expositioning like the actual like shine? stuff like the magic I, of that stuff I, they spent a lot of time just I don't know. talking I, about it I was it. into it because like one of the things about The Shining that it's not something I disliked I think it, it worked very well for what The Shining is trying to do is I, I always had a lot of questions of just like how does it like work like what are the what are the boundaries of The Shining well this movie gave you those questions I kind of answered I like those things I like that The Shining is this like tangible power source that uh a lot of people have to different degrees. Like I, I, that stuff all like really works for me. I don't know. Going back to your Jedi comparison, would you call this the midichlorians of the shining? No, because uh, uh -huh. the, they're positioned very differently. Not everyone needs to be like, I want to be a shiner when I grow up. But when you tell a bunch of kids, yeah, you can't be a Jedi unless you have a certain like fucking blood count. 
I'm, it's I mean diff- it culturally more, different. I mean it more so in the way that they exposition it so heavily throughout this movie that it takes a lot of like the mystery and sort of the kind of intangibility and the like that sort of like sense. I guess, but when you have it. it be this like kind of fuel for the villain, like they need to give it some tangibility. They need to. We have to understand that it's something that can run out. We have to understand that like if it, it's better if it's utilized through pain like you know how is this drug best and i funneled into a human at this point i think that's where this movie is at odds for me is that it is again drawing so directly from the shining the film while also trying to do something very differently i think in tone yeah that those two things just don't mesh well in a way. Like it, it. I, I really am starting to like this Harry Potter comparison more and more because they're really like talking a lot about the magic that's going on in this stuff. And that's fine, you know. And I, and I, again, I, I think the exploring Danny's character a little more is also interesting. I think it's a little bit maybe the 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 magicy part of it is a little bit fan servicey, but mm-hmm. I think that feels to me. Like it works less because, again, when you compare it so directly to The Shining, the movie, it's not – which is a movie that is not doing that stuff. Yeah. Like at all. That's where it doesn't gel. So if like this movie like was able to separate itself a little bit more and like if those – you know, you can still have the same story, the same continuation of that story without trying to – with with a little bit more distance from like the original film itself. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, those choices were made so they can market this as like a direct sequel to The Shining and put a lot of those that same imagery. Like they show the blood hallway scene directly again, almost like an exact remake of the blood yeah. hallway scene, except it's Rose like walking into the overlook, looking over at it, seeing it and then just kind of being like, huh, and then walking off. Yeah, it's a little, it's weird. I, I don't I really I don't like the overlook scene at the end um, pretty much for, for the most part. You know, I th- I think it. <laughs> plot. Listen, anytime someone starts saying plot holes, yeah, that's usually when I check out on, well, on what, what they're right, I mean, saying. But like, it's you know, bringing back to like where that stuff started. It kind of you know brings it full circle for Danny, and it kind of you get the sort of MacGuffin of yeah. or the the sort of the the Chekhov's box of him unlocking all his box ghosts at the end mm-hmm. is like the little twist there and like the yeah. little gotcha moment for her. Um, I think my favorite scene in the movie is the scene where Rose astral projects and goes into Abra's mind into her bedroom. Yeah, that shit's cool. And she floats in. Yeah. A little heavy on the CGI when she's doing the floaty stuff, but whatever, I can forgive that. But like the actual like – you know, her with the no eyes and then trapping her in the yeah. sort of mind palacey sort of stuff and then going through her stuff all fast. That was cool. I, I like I like that stuff a lot. I yeah. think all, all of the kind of like mind battles like really work for me. You know, I like how the way uh, the cult kind of operates. I like that Rose is kind of like this like style. I like the, the radio allegory, how they're just trying to like track each other by picking up on signals and stuff. I think that's all really cool. Um, Yeah. Is that it? That's I mean that's that's all I like. I like it. I I, I also I agree. I, I I don't really love the ending. I don't think it really makes a ton of sense of why they had to trap her and do this. I also don't understand why she has to like vape all the shine at the end of what it like actually does for her. Yeah, again, like I I think what what is solidified for me over the course of this this discussion is like the thing that that took me out of this movie is it is it's just like two clashing tones one that is like the original shining and one that is like clearly a different direction that they want to go to which i think like the book itself has a very different tone and direction than than the original from what i've heard like yeah from from other sources i wouldn't know um but like i think that like putting it all in this movie just does not just the whole thing does not kind of mesh in a way um for me Personally, I really would have been interested to see something that had more time, like to develop some of the like the drama and the characters. Like, like if if it had been a television show, I think that would have been pretty yeah. interesting. But I think trying to cram all that in to one two and a half hour movie, it just 
something about it just didn't just did not jive with me. There's a lot going on for sure. Um, yeah, that gunfight scene. I sure, like, yeah. I, mean, I, like I was into the scene. I thought it was kind of a little ridiculous, but it was it was cool. They just fucking ice those dudes. Well, they, they, this is the one time they actually get to – I mean, they, they dig up the kids so they kind of like can prove the thesis of like, oh, these people are actually doing this thing. It's uh-huh. not it's not a fake thing. And they, you know, they entrap them so they could fucking – they want to kill them. These are, these are bad people. They are proven to be very, very bad people. They have no really redeeming qualities. Um, now I'm just nitpicking a little bit. But was it a little bit silly when they were digging up the boy's body and then Billy stops to tell the story about, like, the dead deer, like, the dead smell, and then they act so surprised when they found a dead body? Uh, I mean, it's still horrible to find yeah, a young boy I mean, dead, yeah, but, I think I would still puke. But, like, <laughs> um, but like I, th- I think that the— what did you, It's kind of the, the Arrested Development dead bird in a bag moment. Like, what did you expect, my guy? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, like, it, the, it's a little long-winded, but— Yeah. I think, that, I think that, like, the— talking about what the smell is you know sure works yeah it yeah yeah uh the point of it works i I mean yeah i don't know i i guess like i just went into the movie kind of bye burn bye have a good night yeah um yeah i went into the movie just kind of i I think shining is one of the best movies of all time i I didn't think this was going to be one of the second best movie of all time. No. You know? And I'm familiar with Mike Flanagan's work. I really like Haunting Hill House. Uh, I also I'm think Haunting Hill House is like really good, but it doesn't wrap up super well. For I will me. say this probably had a better ending than. Oh, hmm. No, Haunting Hill House no. is way better ending than this. Well, Haunting of Hill House does not have a good ending, I think. It's better than this. No matter how you slice it. Shine I on, shine on, Abra. <sighs> shine bright like a diamond. Like a diamond? Yeah. No, it just gets cheesy. But um, it's a bit cheesy, but yeah. like, but that's, you know, it, it like a movie that is clearly more interested in doing a story that is like more magical and is like explicitly like magic battling, like yeah. mind power battling. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's fine. But it just it it doesn't does not jive super well as something that is just like. We're, we're still rooting this so firmly in a movie that is just pure tension and pure dread that leads to like an explosion of of like of violence that is horrific and yeah, but, terrifying. But this movie is not trying to do that. And I yes, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. not trying to do that, but it's got one foot still in the door of that other thing that I I wish it it had a, like separated itself from a yeah. little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't know, man. I I think the film is is going to great lengths to try and and be separate from The Shining um, until it until it like wraps up until it kind of tries to perfect circle itself. I think killing Danny in the hotel is like really that's, fucking that's, yeah, weird. That's, that's like a, I don't think that's a fate he deserves. That's a bummer for Danny. Yeah, I'm just like I don't know about that. They're because they're just like, isn't it this like perfect ending? I'm like. No, this dude like had a traumatic childhood experience and then got sober and, and yeah. just did a really good thing and then had to like become his father and fucking die. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, the hero sacrifice is a is a thing to be sure, but I, I don't know about all that. I um, mean, you're gonna have to take that one up with Steven, I think, because that was probably his decision, not Mike's. Steven, yeah. Well, I mean, Mr. I don't know, Mr. King. That Mr. is Mr. King. Uh, hard to say. I got. I, I don't haven't. I have not read. Uh, Doctor Sleep, so I, I don't know how is, much that does go a lot to say for like you know what living in that sobriety ultimately like what are you what are you getting at here Steve yeah. with this ending you just become the thing I tried to get sober but fuck it I wound up in the same place doing the same thing as my dad anyway yeah it would have made more sense if he just like drank the whiskey um and all that shit happened but yeah I don't know it doesn't work for me at the end but uh, everything leading up to it like again like I was like into I was enthralled with them trying to catch this cult and what the cult was like doing and uh Abra and and Danny hunting down the cult and doing their their mind powery shit like that stuff I'm I'm I was into and it, yeah. like when you clock I clocked this movie he doesn't meet Abra like they introduce Abra but those two don't meet until an hour and 15 minutes into this Yeah movie. but they've been pen pals for for a while I guess I guess I, mean, I don't know you it's, want to meet it's too long it's too long 
I mean, the movie's too long. It's too long. I think them meeting is at the appropriate point narratively for them. Maybe narratively, but not lengthwise. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, the Overlook Hotel bit is really what drags its feet, I think. Because I think that I think the film thinks that's like what people want is to be like, let's go back to the hotel. It's definitely what it thinks people. Yeah, want. and I'm just like, nah, yeah, that's not really what I want. I mean, the, the I got puts his face in the door. Pretty egregious. I kinda, no, I like, I, mean, it's I, like fine. I like that. Fine, I think that that shit works for me. Again, the hotel could be there. Just I wish it was shorter. Um, I don't mind them going back, uh, but it happening at the end and and the way it happens and the reason for it happening does not work for me. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, exa- I'm exhausted now. <laughs> yeah, we dis- this is what happens when we disagree on a movie. I suppose so. I don't know if it's ever happened before. We're like almost 200 episodes into this thing. Yeah, we usually agree. We do usually agree, or we keep our <laughs> disagreements for off the microphone. Um, no, man, these are hot takes. This is the hottest, yeah. the hottest stuff. This is maybe, what our listeners come maybe for. Maybe I have to, I have to watch it again and see if it uh, resonates and with me I, the dude, same way. I, like, I'm never in the position where, like, I'm, I don't want to tell you you're wrong. Like, you're not wrong for enjoying the movie more than I did, and you're better off for ha- spending that very long movie more engaged and happier to watch it than I was. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want it to come across like I hated this movie because I don't hate this movie. I think it's like fine mediocre i i think it has some deep problems that it, it steps in some shit that it, it does itself yeah um and that again like you said like that that beginning part like kind of soured a lot of the rest of the movie for me even if like removing from that stuff i think that stuff though very different totally works on its own or can be you know a different thing on its own it's just it's 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 confused i think a little bit I mean, it's uh, it's spinning a lot of plates. Has a lot on it's, the table. It's for ambitious. It, you know? It's ambitious. It's certainly. Ambitious, I think it maybe yeah. bit off a little more than it can chew. And again, following up, like you said, one of one of the best, you know, uh, critical reception wise, conversation of movies on a broad spectrum wise, mm-hmm. one of the better movies of all time. The it's hard, that's a hard thing to follow up on. Yeah, yeah. Really, I mean, hard. that's why. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of. I really appreciate its boldness, and I think I was very enthralled in what it was trying to do, even if it didn't kind of, like, hit on all the... You know, I feel like, you know, I don't want to come into this discussion of it seeming like, you know, you're at a 0% into the movie, and I'm at, like, 100%. Like, I clearly have gripes with the film. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I definitely thought it was too long. Um, but that's why I'm not, like, trying to, like, die on a hill to defend it. I'm just like, no, it's co- I think it's cool. I think the film's cool. I think it's cooler. I mean, like, you know, I felt the same way about, like, Godzilla, where I was just like, this movie's weird. It's kind of cool, though. Yeah. This movie I like more than Godzilla. But, like, you know, I think it's I think it's cool in what it's trying to do. I'm into um, the things I would have wanted to see more of. You know, it's it, it, I would have liked to see you McGregor do more Doctor Sleep stuff. I would have appreciated a little bit of, like, a throttling down on, like, that part of his story um, to kind of see him... You know, not just have a time jump to him being sober all of a sudden. Like, I would have liked to live in that a little bit longer. Because him being, like, kind of all fucked up and yeah. dealing with his trauma, like, I, I was into that as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It, it, uh, it, it, the, the parts where he's, like, dealing with that stuff and he's fucked up does move pretty briskly. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much is, like, at the tail end of his bender when right. we meet him as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. You, you think they're implying that, uh, that woman that he slept with overdosed and was like already dead when he left that apartment um, and then the baby subsequently died. I would I would say that it's like his conscious implying that, but if he can like talk to ghosts and shit, then Ewan I would McGregor imagine. has a bad history with dead babies, man. Especially when it comes to addiction, <laughs> he's not got a good track yeah. record. What, with is, that what stuff. a sick train spotting yeah, callback, nah, Mike yeah, Flanagan put in there. Not good. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. 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 Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you want to say about the flick? I think we said our piece. All right. Well, that was uh, this episode about Dr. Sleep. We're not the only podcast on StoryScreen. StoryScreenBeacon.com is host to many podcast articles and reviews, which you can go on there and click through those things. Uh, If you're listening to this 
on whatever you listen to. We're also on SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify and most places where you can find podcasts. Any place you can find a podcast. I'm pretty, yeah, right? I'm pretty sure. There you I've go. Not, listen, I've not tried to use a thing that you can find a podcast with and had no luck finding this podcast. Very fair. It's a very convoluted way to say that, but mm-hmm. we're out there. We're out there. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And uh, please come visit us at the Story Screen Beacon Theater located in Beacon, New York on Main Street where we play movies. You can come in and you can talk to us about movies. You can see this movie we're talking about. It's a hell of a lineup. Probably, right hopefully you already did see it because you just heard us tell you exactly what happened. We, we told you the whole thing. Yeah. It's a hell of a lineup right now in this theater. It's really good. Uh, by the time you listen, at the point of this listening, we got Doctor Sleep, Lighthouse, and Parasite. It and almost feels like it's a month late. Like these would be all very good October movies. Yeah. Not the fault of Story Screen. No. But these would be very good October movies. It's weird. I just saw Terminator Dark Fate, and I was just like, yo, why didn't you guys put this out like in, in August? In the summer. It was weird. I was like, it's like the movie's a flop. I'm like, yeah, I can tell you why. You didn't put it out on the right <laughs> You didn't put it, out, you put it out in November. That's weird. And there was not a not a ton of like heavy hitters over the summer. Marvel got out of the way early in the year. They were in like the spring, and I think F- Far From Home might be the summer Marvel movie. That was like but that was in June late or May, whatever. early June. I think it was in it? June, yeah. June? Probably early June. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely early on. But uh, yeah, Lighthouse and Parasite. If if you haven't seen those yet, those are those are two of the best movies. Those of the are year, good without movies, without a doubt. I would highly Very recommend good. you see those movies. But uh, yeah, thank you for listening. I'm Robbie Anderson. That's Jack. Hi, I'm Jack Kalajewski. That's Jack Jack Torrance, the Ghost Man. What are you, uh, you What are you doing right now? You want to talk about the lighthouse for like an hour? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I gotta get Taco Bell and go to bed. Okay, fair that's, enough. That's another my, time. That's my another agenda. Time. Another time we can talk about the lighthouse. That might be a better like over drinkers where we drink lighthouse fuel and go fucking insane. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Cool. All right, thank you guys again so much for listening and stay spooky. Shine on. Shine on. Diamonds. Diamonds are forever. Yep, like that. Oh, okay. This again. This is gonna be a sour. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Does it hurt good? It hurts fine.